a playlist original. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Back to the Blockbuster with your hosts, Gaius and Jackson. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well, man. How are we doing today? I'm doing good. Okay, that felt better. Well, that felt like that felt very official. Like actually, like throwing yeah. your name in. Uh, so yeah, I, I like that. And uh, you know, just in case everyone knows, um, I know this is. Uh, I guess wow. Now your your third official one because the Cloverfield one. Yeah. Uh, uh, dropped two last week. Uh, but uh, Jackson is our boy and he's here to stay and it's a really good time for him to join because uh, it's in like the middle of a uh, award season uh, a pretty big award season uh, we have our uh, Oscar nominations that were announced today uh, which is why we're recording today Tuesday instead of yesterday Monday because we want to be able to get that out this week rather than wait a full week to talk about it um, and there's a lot of other stuff that we have to cover today but before we get to that um just wanted to catch up and see uh what you were up to this weekend um i know i was you know i was in big bear so i didn't really get to watch a lot um myself uh, all of it was crammed into like sunday when i got home um oh, wait, yeah. what did you get what did you get to like check out and uh see this weekend uh well i remember last over the last couple of weeks um uh, my buddies and i were showing my my roommate the lord of the rings trilogy so we capped that off on must have been Sunday, Sunday or Tuesday. We capped, we capped off uh, Return of the King, which was great. Got to conclude that trilogy. Don't know how many times. Kind of lost track how many times I've seen those over the years. But I'll reiterate, man. Next time you get a chance to to get through those, I know they're a, they're a journey. Yeah, carve out, but... carve out time. Man. <laughs> <laughs> carve out three hours whenever you got it. That uh, it was super worthwhile. It was great. He seemed to really enjoy them. Um, and just like all around, like and how many? Thinking back now, that movie won like eleven Oscars. Is it not tied or? the uh most the movie the most yeah. oscar wins now speaking of oscar season i know that it, it could, won a slew of them it could look be, this yeah. up before recording but no 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 yeah yeah i'll look at it while you uh kind of discuss what you uh like what um, was the what was the what was the watch like this time like for you is it does it ever get like difference to change like do you like find things that you like more yeah it, like i'd say exactly that like kind of like the whimsical nature of like the watch is kind of wears off the older you get but i find the more um knowledgeable on like the movie making process i become over time it leads you to discover just appreciate about those movies just because of the sheer right. work and talent that went into them so stuff i wouldn't have thought to even care or note it five or ten years ago when i'd watch these i pick up now so it's those are always great and just the practical location shoots, all that stuff just looks so gorgeous. Um, yeah, it watches it. And there was just one in particular I wanted to cover, though. Um, along with Return of the King, uh, just in nature of uh, 10 Cloverfield last week, I threw in 10 Cloverfield Lane last night, which was a sweet rewatch. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you get the chance to check that one out? Uh, wow. I haven't watched, you know what? I haven't watched it since it came out, like on Blu ray. I saw it in theaters, and then I have a copy of it. Right. Um, I've watched it once because I'm notorious for like buying a movie and either not watching it right away or like watching it once <laughs> and then like putting it away. Um, I do, yeah. I do like it. Though. Same, I mean, I think here, it's, it's, I love like the kind of like psychological push and pull between like uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and John Goodman. Like they're, you know, both really good together. And I, yeah. I just remember that whole like, they were awesome. Yeah. When you're watching it, you're like, dude, is this guy crazy or is he really, or is there really a, something going on out there that like and you don't really know until like the very very end 
Like you can keep yeah, you on IMDb, John Goodman's. Yeah, it does really keep you guessing his performance. <clears throat> he does a great job at riding that line between he, he doesn't really give away if he's really crazy or if you know what he's saying is true. It ends up being a little bit of both. But I, yeah. I thought it was strange just because like John Goodman's been around for, geez, I don't even know, like 30, 40 years now. Been in some amazing films over the years. But his on IMDb, his first listed movie is 10 Cloverfield Lane. Like that's what people know or associate him with, I guess. Yeah. Um, he is great in it. He's um, unlucky. I mean, he's he got to span across like, I mean, he has a really good film career, of course, like TV career as well. You know, being on Roseanne, he's on yeah, The Conjures. True. On The Conjures still. Uh, so he's like one of those like, actors that's really lucky to kind of like bounce back and forth between tv and movies and like i think he's i you know i was we recorded our uh deep dive episode yesterday i can't say what the movie is because this episode comes oh, okay out yeah we can't wait to before, find out before um that episode but um i can say one of the guys in the movie is richard jenkins and we were talking about richard jenkins being like a reliable presence in movies like he's like a pretty well-known oh, character so character true. actor like he always pops up in certain things and john goodman's kind of like that too where you're like mm. oh yeah i mean if you if he's in something it's usually going to be pretty good or he's going to yeah. be pretty good in it um i did want to piggyback on what you said about lord of the rings really quick because i just found it yeah sure absolutely it's it's, it's a three-way tie uh for most oscar oh wins. okay it's uh Between. lord of the rings the return of the king 11 oscars uh and Jeez. and it was nominated for 11 so it won all 11 of them that can uh, happen often which is pretty impressive very very cool been her 11 oscars nominated for 12. Uh. And then Titanic, eleven Oscars nominated for fourteen. So there is wow. the three ways nominated for fourteen. Should have figured that about Titanic. I've I've, I've heard this before. Just had forgotten off the top of my head. And Ben Hur, this is like the thirties or forties classic, eh? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. Nineteen fifty nine. So yeah, yeah. Nine, uh, oh, 50, still, okay. A little later. Yeah, than I still thought. really cool. But yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but all these have in common. They were like nominated in like you know, most of the major categories, like picture, director. Um, a lot yeah. of a lot of a lot of Lord of the Rings came due to like technical best art direction, yeah. best costume design, best film editing, Titanic best makeup. As well. Titanic right. as well. It did win best adapted screenplay too. I mean, I, I I feel like you know with Return of the King, and I'm not knocking it because I think I've only I've had it seen it since it came out, but I do uh, like it. I think a lot of it was the culmination of like this is ending, and like you know, yeah, we didn't we didn't do it for fellowship, and we didn't do it for. Uh, two towers so let's do it yeah so let's do it for this one not saying that they just like you know handed it to them because just because i mean it's a good movie and it's a good yeah you know cap off to that trilogy oh fantastic i'd be interested to see what it was up against i didn't uh haven't looked through what it was up against oscars but i'd be interested to see what it was competing with um the other two things uh, that i got i thought were worth watching or worth talking about (laughs) don't ask me why but my uh (laughs) My roommate and I threw on the first episode of Velma, new HBO uh, Velma show. Oh, oh that, that show is getting God. dragged, man. Have you seen all the well, like negative? Yeah, it's sure getting dragged have. a lot. Can't say I disagree with any of it. It was uh, very deserved. It's 1.3 IMDb score. Like, I'm not looking to trash. Like, it was hard to find stuff to do. <laughs> I, I watch it almost for like a, a comedic watch. Um, but I'm pretty sure I had a straight face the entire 30 minutes Fine. or however long the episode ran. Um, don't know if you had the chance to check it or if you have any interest in checking it. No, out. I mean, I do want to come recommended. <laughs> yeah, I do want to check it out, but I like that, like your opinion on it because I don't feel like you would drag it just because, like, oh, they changed this and they did that. Or, uh, no, I know, exactly. I know, and I, and I know some people are dragging it because Mindy Kaling is like behind it, and there's like that kind of thing. I too, like Mindy Kaling, on. yeah, I, I wanted too. to like it, 
Um, I feel like you wouldn't drag it just because of that. So if it is like no, not that no. good, if it's not that good, then, like, judge it for its merits. It. Yeah, I, when I saw that IMDb score, I was like, ooh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and that could I'd be a mix, yeah. that could be a mix of people like dragging it for the wrong. That's reasons. what I was about to say. Yeah, um, yeah, spiteful I mean, one out of tens and deserve it. Like people that actually took the time to watch it and just didn't like it. I'm sure it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I can knock um, it down my my must watch list like several notches mm. then. <laughs> <laughs> for sure i would say like if there's other stuff out there that you're looking to get in i'd uh, prioritize some some yeah. genuinely good, good content um but i mean anything's worth a watch one time even if you don't think it's going to be up your alley you never know like you said last week it's good to be surprised sometimes even if you're not expecting much out of something yeah that's my two cents on velma episode one don't think i'll see much more um yeah. the other the, the thing i really wanted to touch on just quickly don't want to take up too much time but uh i got a sweet sweet rewatch of one of my favorite um action even just 80s movies in general with uh first blood sylvester stallone oh. don't know if you had the chance to see that that's an all-time favorite it's been, of a, while. It just, it's been a while dude. yeah oh, a long time. that movie holds up so well over rewatch i think i've seen it like three times in the last like two or three years yeah. and i uh, was just in need of something solid like something i knew i was gonna love it was like a late night watch and uh to anybody that hasn't that's listening that hasn't seen first blood or any of the first few rambo movies uh, if you like 80s action if you like sylvester stallone comes highly highly recommended like i can't I can't take anything away from that movie. It is just balls to the wall, awesome 80s action. And was just I was so satisfied after watching it. So I wanted to plug that really quick. <clears throat> yeah, do it. Uh you know, I, I kind of want to throw this out there just because I've asked yeah. someone else it asked someone else this before. Um Sylvester Stallone's career in the 80s, Arnold mm. Schwarzenegger's career in the 80s. Who do you think had like a better 80s? Wow. Um because because like no. with him, you have I mean, I guess like Rocky was like yeah, late seventies, right? Late seventies, but then the sequels carried true. on to the eighties, and then you have also the Rambo movies in the eighties. But then Arnold Schwarzenegger has Arnold Schwarzenegger has like the first Terminator. He has the Running Man. He has Predator. He has Twins, which is like a really funny like Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy. Um, God, like I guess they, Predator. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Like Dude, that's a hard. That's hard. That's to hard analyze it's always been hard because I think that like. I've always given the slight edge to Stallone because I think that Arnold Schwarzenegger had like a better '90s like than Stallone did. Um, as far as like, because like in the early '90s you get like Terminator 2 and Total Recall from Schwarzenegger. That's a great point. Uh, and then you, you know, get like, Dread from Stallone. <laughs> oh, I mean, you, you, even get, you even get Kindergarten Cop from uh, Schwarzenegger, oh, which is also that. really funny. Last and then like. Hero. Yeah, and then like you know, with Stallone, you get you know, yeah, like Judge Dredd or Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, <laughs> and some other really <laughs> bad. Um, yeah, but yeah, I always like wonder that because they both came up in around the same time doing the same type That's of a great movies. point. You know, they're easy to compare for sure. They have a yeah. similar similar come up in Hollywood, and they're both underdogs uh, in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll get back to you on that. I have to look and, and see and look through their filmography. There's probably plenty amazing movies from those two guys that I haven't had the chance to see, or yeah. I'd be like heavily due for a rewatch. So just off the top of my head, I don't even know who I'd pick, but uh, as far as 80s action stars go, like those are some top tier guys yeah. in, in, in that genre for sure. Um, right. I'd say maybe Arnie's been in more favorite movies of mine than Sylvester's been, but I'd take yeah. either one of them any day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will, I will. I'll let you marinate on your official answer. Um, sure. Thing, it, doesn't, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't even have to be on this episode. Like you can come back like next episode. Like you know, yeah, what? I that's what I'm thinking. It. I'm gonna do. I'll have an answer <laughs> for you next week. 
Um, um, I will say, I guess Stallone has like a little bit of an edge in some regards because Stallone does have like the Oscar pedigree behind him. Like he, I mean, that's a good point with the original Rocky. And then, uh, you know, he was nominated uh, for best supporting actor when he did uh, Creed. That was a big comeback vehicle for him. Yeah. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger cannot say that he um, has had any Oscar love, but I mean, it's not like we go to Arnold's movies for like, you know, <clears throat> his incredible range. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, they're, they're fun. They're fun. But like yeah, Stallone's he's great Stallone's at what he able- does. Yeah, so no one's able to kind yeah. of transition in and out of like, you know, and I know some people have made the argument, well, he, Salone is very good at playing a certain type of role and like, that's what he's kind of good at. Um, right. But like, you know, I think he's proven more than a few times to be pretty good dramatic. If you haven't seen this movie called Copland that he made in like the I've mid, heard like, of it, late, I seen it, yeah. Like 97, it's like him, Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta. It's a really, really good movie and he's amazing in it. I, when I saw it for the first time, I forgot that like, yeah, I forgot about going back to Rocky. Like, yo, he can actually, like, when he wants to, he can actually put in good work as an actor instead of just kind of, yeah. like, relying on his skills as an action star. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, the I think entire always- reason, yeah, the entire reason I even bookmarked this to talk about was um, literally just because of how enthralling his last, if you recall, First Blood, I'm not sure when the last time you got to see it was, but he has, that movie is 90%, uh, so that's just alone, like, beating the shit out of like these backwards <laughs> cops and you know yeah. just improvising on the way and, and demonstrating his skills as a you know as a killing machine hardly right. saying anything he has a couple conversations throughout the the movie but his last five minutes where he's uh in the police precinct and he's going on that big rampage and they send in colonel troutman to kind of yeah talk him off the ledge and he and he goes into that dramatic story about how his life has just you know kind of fallen apart after the war and he has no purpose and he's lonely and you know he, the, the range he puts out in that one scene alone, I think I rewound it three times just to watch it again. It was just so profound. And he really does have dramatic acting chops when he wants to put them on. Yeah. I remember there being a distinct difference between that first Rambo movie and then the ones that followed, which are, which feel more like really like, you know, typical eighties, like yeah. action movies. I haven't like, even seen any of the sequels. So, so when you watch them, the tone, the tone changes, like, uh dramatically the, yeah dramatically it's more like all right this is just like a shoot above action movie now and like because like where else do you go i guess but right you know, that's a good you know, point they, they make money though i mean whatever yeah i have <laughs> yeah. part two on dvd it's gonna be in here i'll probably get it in this week i'd like to just while i'm fresh off the rewatch of first blood but nice. so yeah i had a busy week with watches but what'd you get in um well i watched the movie that we did for our deep dive which i can't i, I mean i could right, say yes. it but like there's a whole like nah, we're trying to make it fun spoil it we're trying to make it fun by getting people to guess it before like, yeah no I, I like post. that um, i won't make you out you it. know I'll, I'll there are gonna be hints throughout the week about what it is but i will say this like brad pitt's in it um and right. it's one of it and it's one of his movies that didn't do so well at the box office but has been like reevaluated a bit more in the last couple of years like a bit more okay. like t- topical now uh, even more so Brad? than it was then. Okay. Um, Brad so, Pitt, Richard Jenkins, thinking. Yeah. So okay. like, and, and it was the first time I had seen it. Uh, it was because it was Owen's oh. pick, uh, and okay. I, I never, I had heard of the movie, but I had never seen it, and I actually really enjoyed it. So we had a little fun chat about that. Um, I actually nice. started watching The Last of Us on. Oh HBO. yes, yes, dude. Um, yes, got the first two episodes of that in. Yeah. So I. What are your thoughts so far? I've never played the video game, so I'm coming Nor at it by. from from that angle right and like most yep. uh video game ad- adaptations i haven't played the game unless it happens to be like mortal <laughs> Kombat or like sonic the hedgehog something i grew up with uh, i stopped right. playing video games like a long time ago and like and it's not Fair to enough. knock anyone that still does because i still have friends that like obsess over video right. games um 
it's just like you know i grew out of it even though people yeah, are like what well, you, you love they're like you love movies i was like almost the same thing and i was like ah well a little different but whatever um but just looking at it just from like a you know tv show especially with a premise like this like the whole like zombie apocalypse thing has been done a lot and i've heard that complaint actually yeah it's hard to make it fresh right but like i don't know like visually the show is really arresting so far the acting is really good um I, you know, and I'm, I'm looking, even though I've never played the game, I'm watching everyone on Twitter post these, like, all these different shots. shots that are so accurate yeah. to what, like, I mean, if I was, a, if I was a fan of the game, I'd be completely pleased with, like, what they're doing. And um, many are, which is nice. Yeah, like, it's been was, a lot I mean, to love. Yeah, that's been the kind of thing I've seen, like, looking on social media is that everyone seems to love the show so far. And, um, you know, big up to Pedro Pascal, who I, I mentioned this in our deep dive episode yesterday because we were talking about what we've been watching and he gets to be on this and the mandalorian and like uh at the same time yeah two very successful critically acclaimed uh shows um i would recommend uh giving it a watch show like so far it's been really good there are really some intense moments it gets kind of like legit scary at times and then like yeah and then some of the like the creature like zombie designs like really like really good but like so good mm-hmm. that it like kind of makes your skin crawl a little bit like it's like it's mm-hmm. yeah i was i've been I'm, I'm impressed by it you know because usually when you hear video game adaptation you go like Ugh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, well, it's something to be weary of because they, they famously um a lot of them uh go south are not done very well like in comparison speaking of video game adaptations i'm a huge halo fan grew up i'll still go back to those campaigns and play them every year yeah. or two and uh paramount's halo series that came out last year i was like it was deeply flawed. I was like very, you know, I was one of yeah. those like long-term fans that took a lot of issues with it. So to see the last of us, um, you know, have the success that it has is like really, really refreshing and, and nice. We'll see how the next seven episodes go, but I have a lot of faith in it. Um, yeah. For fans that or viewers listening that, you know, aren't uh, sold yet on watching it, but are fans of Craig Mazin's um, Chernobyl series on HBO a few years ago. He's come to do The Last of Us. He's helming that. And uh, I have nothing but good things to say about that miniseries. And I think he's got another good one on his hands. That guy uh, knows how to craft a show. Yeah, I think that like the pedigree behind it helps a lot. I think I'm glad that you mentioned the whole Chernobyl uh, series thing because like that made, if there are any fans of the game that were like kind of leery about like, oh, like what are they doing with this? Having Mm. him behind it made it made them feel a little bit better and i also think the fact that yeah and also that they took their time and they didn't rush it this has been in development for like a really long time and they didn't uh try to just like kind of push it out there just you know yeah to like have it succeed on name recognition alone it seemed like they really were like i think they knew the pressure of getting it right and i'm saying as someone that doesn't even play it i'm just saying as someone that has like watched like covering it for like the different outlets i write for and then like watching people like react to it leading up to it premiering like oh like this better right. be good um <laughs> like i i sense the pressure and it seems like they did a good job of like you know let's oh, not did they ever let's not rush this out let's let's kind of take our time with it and so far i, mean, I know it's only two episodes but you know i am thoroughly impressed by it so far i so, agree with you you so can see the love in that show and the production design it's immaculate yeah. it's looked yeah. like very very um strenuous endeavor there's lots going on yeah and then um last night um i was i didn't know what to watch i was just trying to like watch something in the background but then i ended up watching it all the way through again um i watched malcolm and marie which is like 
uh, the movie that uh, Zendaya oh. and and John David Washington did, like yeah, dur during like the heart of like pan the pandemic, like they were like they shot that in like uh, here in like Southern California, like L.A. area, uh, rented out okay. this house. It was basically the like Sam Livingston and the crew basically from like Euphoria because they were going to like start sh uh, shooting season two of Euphoria right before COVID hit, and they just delayed it. And but like Zendaya and like Sam had all this like creative like kind of they had all these creative juices going they're like we want to use it on something like i don't want right. to just like spend the time if we can like get people to work and like have it be safe and it's just like a couple actors and a really like small crew and this one right. small location like if we can make it work like let's do it and they did i mean it's just the two of them just the two actors of course the crew right um they sold it to netflix for a lot of money. I think it was like 20, 25 million dollars at the time. Okay. And the great thing about it is that like Zendaya and all the other producers made sure that everyone working on that movie got a piece of that profit from nice. uh, the Netflix acquisition. So like, even though people were out of jobs, then they want to make sure that they were compensated uh, in a really significant way for working on that movie. Uh, so I'd love the, like the behind the scenes, like of how like mm. it came to came together. Um, I think it's also really good. I, I think it shows like her range even more as an actress too. Cause like, you know, a lot of people, have thought, especially when that movie came out, everyone was like, oh, she's so young. Can she play this? And she has like a maturity that's like, kind of a bit beyond her years. So like when she's totally. in scenes with him, like I, I think they're both good, but when she's in scenes with him, I think she kind of act out acts him and like, certain moments wow. and that's a big thing to say against like denzel washington's son so like exactly yeah but i gotta um, check that one out for sure yeah it's really it's a really short watch too it's like i think a little over an hour and 20 something minutes it's like really oh short but you have to like you have to understand that you're watching two people like the plot of the movie is that like he is like a filmmaker and they're just getting home from him like winning like this like big award for his movie which he uses his girlfriend as like an inspiration for it like she's a character in it and okay it's a it's a really simple plot point but like he doesn't thank her in his speech like for like oh, you know okay and it kind of sparks this like huge argument between them and that's what the movie is right. like the, the argument and then like what kind of is causing this rift between them is it just that or is it something deeper than that um i really like the so premise of that yeah, I really liked it. Some people were like, I don't want to watch people argue for an hour and 20. I get it. But like the acting sure, and writing whenever. was so good for me that like I was all in. So like I originally watched it to like kind of fall asleep to something and I ended up like watching the whole thing again. Oh, but, nice. Yeah. I got to check that one out now Now that you mentioned it's on Netflix. I kind of forgot it was a Netflix movie. I remember like seeing it and following it when it had come out, but just didn't, yeah. you know, didn't crack my radar at that time, but it's always been there as something to watch. And I love uh, John David Washington in particular. Like I have yeah. nothing against Zendaya. I've only really have seen her work in Dune and she's yeah. fine. And she, I know she's a talented actress, but I do love, do love me some John David Washington. So that's on my list for sure. That's interesting. Cause like she has such a small part in Dune too. So like you've only seen like a yeah, little I know. bit. A little yeah, bit. I, mean, I really I, haven't I know seen she, much of her. I know she's supposed to be in part two a lot more. Um, yeah. And then, and then of course, like she's been winning all kind of awards for Euphoria. I, I do recommend that show whenever right. you have time to watch it. It's heavy. I mean, it's really, really heavy. Yeah. 
Um, but like, oh, if you didn't get through, if you if you didn't get through the heaviness of it, um, it's pretty oh, that's good. no problem for me. Yeah, and like, and I like kind of like the quirky stuff she's brought to like the three Spider-Man movies that she's been in with Tom Holland. Like, she's oh really, yes, what am I talking yeah, about? I've seen yeah, all she, those too. Jeez, she has good chemistry. She, she has good chemistry with him too. Like, I mean, of course they're dating in real life, so yeah, I guess the chemistry right, yeah. is very good. Um, she's but yeah, I like see, I like seeing like young actors like break out and like stuff that you wouldn't expect them to break out in like. You're not just relying on your looks. You're not just kind of like playing it safe by doing certain roles. Like she clearly wants to challenge herself, and like I think that's a nice thing to watch. And like I respect that as an artist to see that. Yeah. So that is great. Yep, I agree. Uh, but yeah, that's all. I, I mean, I was in Big Bear most of the weekend, surrounded by snow right, right. and the, and the cold. Oh, <laughs> so hey, I, yeah. Well, uh, we, we talked a little bit. Yeah. yeah, we got thirty <laughs> yeah. centimeters, and we're getting up to fifty. Not not confirmed, but it's rumored. The meteorologists are saying uh, my region in, in eastern Canada here we could be getting up to fifty centimeters of snow and rain combined tomorrow or by Thursday. So I know all uh, about it, man. Well, well, you know what? Here yeah. in LA, it's very sunny at the moment. Yeah, it looks like window. it. Like the sun's like beating <laughs> through the window. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. It was nice to get away with my friends for a little bit, and uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I had a really good time, but um, I was really looking forward to this because this is like a big, big movie day. Dude, this uh, is Christmas morning for me is Oscar nominations uh, day, so I cannot wait to jump into these. Yeah, Oscar nomination Tuesday. Um, uh, you know, we we've been talking about like award season. We covered like, God, two award shows last week, plus like the DGA nominations and the PGA nominations and the SAG nominations. And like we kind of talked about with the SAG, uh, DGA and PGA that sometimes they correlate with like the oscar nominations they did a little bit but there were some notable like exceptions um yeah there's like there's a couple that like you know twitter's still mad about they're like it's it's a it's a on film twitter there's like shares being thrown about like a couple of (laughs) a couple i I think i know one in particular but let's hear it what what are they all up in arms about all right so you know what i will i'll i'll be nice and get like the the big awards out of the way just a big picture like so like start with that um yep so we have 10 best picture nominations they went with all 10 slots uh which is nice i guess yeah <laughs> um, i think they uh, snuck in a couple there that didn't need to be I, there but sure i'm, ki- I'm kind of uh i wonder if we're gonna be on the same page all right i'm just gonna name them all right yeah, so uh all quiet on the western front which um some people were campaigning for to get i mean they knew that it would end up in the foreign language uh category and it did but like sometimes those films uh break into uh the best picture race parasite is a really good example of that that one best foreign language film the year was nominated and one best picture um i still haven't watched this deserve a win i like i you know no i still haven't watched it and like um and you know it's interesting too I, I believe the original one best picture when it came out years and years and years ago so it's a nice little like kind of call back to that um yeah and, it's a classic and, uh, yeah uh, i really need to check it out it's actually high on my list because i want to be able to watch all of these before do you like uh, war movies i do i like, really do and more more than any like yeah so i i love i mean they're not, i wouldn't say favorite genre definitely up there though like i have a soft spot for war movies and like, as far as war movies go I, this is at least one of the better ones that have been made in the last 10 or 20 years and even yeah. as, as a film there is so much to love about it love that it's made um german language it's phenomenal um the cast does a great job some of the best cinematography i think i've seen from last year so yeah, very yes. happy to see that it was honored with a Best Picture nomination. But keep going there. I didn't mean to I'm, cut you I'm off. glad. You, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned the cinematography because it, it cracked that category too. Um, 
it's a funny yeah. that's a funny it's a funny category because there was some a couple movies left out that people were like they were putting up screen grabs on twitter they're like how can you like look at a movie that looks like this and not like nominated for best cinematography um but yeah i'm glad you said that i know has, exactly yeah i'm glad you said at least it has good cinematography so i can be like oh it deserves to be there it does uh, um and then uh avatar the way of water um yeah cool I haven't watched it yet. Still, yeah. now I have to at this point. No. Like, if it's one of the, <laughs> if it's one of yeah. the ten, yeah, I have to get it um, Oddly enough, James Cameron did not get a director nom- directing nomination uh, today. Um, usually, sometimes right. when your film gets nominated, you can pull a director nomination, but he did not. Um, I really didn't also- throw in that many picks. Yeah, and this is also the first example of the Best Picture race, like really uh, also catering to big blockbusters uh, as well in the 10 choices because usually yes, it's it a lot is. of indies a lot of small movies but um yeah and then we have the banshees of Inishirin, which uh i could everyone expected to like make the no surprise best, there best picture cut uh much deserve no surprise at all um another example of a blockbuster elvis uh nominated for best picture um really <laughs> i mean i think i made that comment with you like Everyone was like, well, why is Elvis a part of the award season conversation? And that girl was like, because like it's the only movie your mom is like still talking about from the summer. So like it it hit a chord, it hit a chord with like older audiences and like still made money. Um so I guess that's so. Like, so that's a good thing. Is um, it one of the best movies of twenty two we have yet to see? Uh, I don't um, know if I agree uh, with its nomination, I, but good for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with there. I mean, Austin Butler deserves all the praise he's getting. Uh, the Und- film itself is a mixed bag. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Um, another big one we've been rooting for also made some money. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Not only is it uh, best uh, best picture nominee, it has the most nominations of all the films with eleven. Um, At eleven, also, right? Yeah, much deserved uh, spot as well. Um, uh, the Fablemans. That was like a big Twitter thing to do uh, today with like I, one of the guys I've talked about before who just didn't like the movie. <laughs> I was really, okay. upset. really upset it's there, but I knew, I mean, it's Spielberg. It's about his life loosely. It was going to be there. Like, you know, a hundred percent. There was I no way shocked if it wasn't. Yeah. yeah there's I still no way can't I, wait for that watch. Uh, there's no way Academy voters are going to like not acknowledge it. Um, That's right. Uh, uh, Tar is also on the list for best picture. Um, right. And then we have, Another example of big box office. Some said that it single-handedly saved uh, the box office when it came out in May, <laughs> but Top Gun Maverick uh, got a Best Picture nomination. And the funny, the great thing about, I guess the great thing and kind of uh, record-breaking thing about this is Jerry Brockheimer is a mega producer, has produced like a ton of movies. This is his first Oscar nomination. Now, he doesn't really produce Oscar wow. movies. But this okay. is his first. This is his first Oscar nomination, and even though Tom Cruise Great. missed the uh, Best Actor uh, race, um, he is nominated for Top Gun: Maverick as a producer. So, like, as he a producer, gets, uh, good for him. Yeah, so good for him. Um, on the point of the Top Gun producers, I saw something today about Christopher McQuarrie. Now, I didn't know if what I if it was his first nomination or his first adapted screenplay nomination um, since uh, since. Uh, why am I blanking? Why am I blanking on the on this movie? Um, from the '90s, Kevin Spacey, Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects. There we go. Yes. Um, Yeah, exactly. So I can't remember if they said it was his first nomination since then or his first nomination for screenplay. But I guess he had had a good a big drought. So good for him to see him get nominated again. 
Uh, that's yeah, it's true. Uh, you know what? It might have been his first one since uh, yeah, since then, yeah, which is a really 27 big... years, uh, yeah, or something, time, somewhere yeah. in the ballpark. Crazy. Um, uh, a movie that you've been talking that talked about, the uh, Triangle of Sadness, uh, got uh, yeah. best picture. It actually showed up in a big way, uh, in a, in a lot of significant categories this morning. Um, I still need to happy to see it, it. deserving. Uh, so... Um, and it was shortlisted from the Globes, was it not? It wasn't up there it for was. any of the yeah. So yeah, good to see it got the Oscar nominee. I mean, it won the Palm Door last year. Like I'm can't say I'm surprised to see it there. It is a great watch. Right. And uh a big uh big nomination here for a movie that a lot of people felt was ignored um a lot of award season, even though it was really uh deserving. Uh Women Talking got the best picture uh nomination as well. Very small movie, um, but uh happy for it to make the cut um yeah absolutely you know, uh yeah yeah um so of the 10 what do you what would what do you kind of feel it's like ah, i don't really think that should be there <laughs> well the first the first standout for me is avatar i mean granted i haven't seen it yet it's just the nature of the movie like i just from what i've heard the reviews i've read the score it has the type of movie it is like i think it's like a here you go sort of nomination not one that yeah. it's it's in great company and there's I don't necessarily think that just because they have room for 10 nominations means they have to fill it. And I think that's what they were going for. And, and Avatar seemed like an easy choice. I am surprised. I mean, can't say I'm surprised. I know it's gotten lots of love the award season. Yeah. I think the fact that James Cameron didn't get uh, a directing nomination, I mean, kind of adds to that conversation. Yeah. Um, so Avatar Elvis again is one that I just don't think needs to be there. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with having seven or eight nominations. That's, that's a lot of picks for best picture. Um, I'm torn on Top Gun Maverick. Like I love everything about that movie. So oh, three it's, times it's in a hot, it's a hot take. You better be careful. It, a lot of people love I, hot I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get it on 4k when it comes out. And I honestly can't wait to watch it again because it just, as a cinephile hit all those, all those, you know, those beats that you want out of a movie, especially a, a blockbuster. Yeah. Um, Is it best picture nomination Worthy. material? I don't know. I don't know. It Again, it's not that I'm knocking it. It's just that, is that what that movie is trying to be? I don't know if it's really trying to be the best movie of the year. It may yeah. have happened to have been one of the best experiences. I yeah. don't know that it needs that. Not. I think it got lots of recognition and praise and did its job without it's not like it didn't get recognized if it didn't get that best picture nomination. So right. that part just has me wondering if it really, it was necessary, but what do you think? Uh, so I agree with you about Avatar and I will say this as, again, I haven't seen it. Um, right. But I'm basing it on like, like you said, like other reviews and like people, what have, people have said about the story, like everyone's praised how like visually stunning it is. And yeah, you know, it, it, it got sure. a, a nomination for visual effects. It's probably, it's like, it is going to win that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm but, sure it but, is. But like, you know, I feel that way about that movie. Elvis is another one. Like it's, it, I, I kind of go back and forth. Like, is it just enough to ride on Austin Butler's performance to kind of make that movie stay afloat? Um, I kind of felt when I watched it, it's, it's really long. But I felt like oh, it yeah? it's like two and a half hours or like it's a change. It, but it but it's it breezes through so many things so fast that even uh, though it's that long, it's like I feel like I didn't get everything that I needed to get from it. And of course, like I said before, Baz Luhrmann, if you're a fan, the, the Razzle Dazzle stuff works for some of his movies. It works for Moulin Rouge. It works for Romeo and Juliet. I don't think it works for right. everything that he does, but it is his signature like style. That's what he does. It's like he's all like 
flash and you know pop. yeah <laughs> like that's what he is right very much so um but i don't think it necessarily works for everything you know that he would make yeah. um so i would probably remove those two now what's interesting i told you about the pga nominations were kind of close to the oscar for best picture yeah they matched on one two three four five six seven movies they matched on okay. top gun maverick elvis tar everything everywhere all at once the banshees of your sheeran the fablemans and they left out uh the pga nominated the whale uh oscars didn't pga nominated all oh, right uh, yeah, uh, they nominated Glass Onion, The Knives Out Mystery, the Oscars didn't. Yeah. And then the PJ also nominated Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and the Oscars did not. So, but still, to match That's, on like seven yeah. of the 10 is like uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I'd uh, say I like, I agree with the Oscars picks slightly more. I like that the way it was nominated for the PGAs, but uh, generally, yeah. I think I agree with the Oscars list a little yeah. bit more. And by the way, guys, um, we, you know, we're just going through the nominations today. Like when the Oscars get closer, we'll uh, kind of, and you know, we have time to like watch certain things that maybe we didn't see yet. Uh, we will uh, throw out some predictions when uh, the ceremony gets a little bit closer on the schedule. So, so uh, man, it is for March twelfth, I think, right now, right? Yeah. Yep. So we have some time. <laughs> the, Got some time. You, Gonna get all those yeah. ten best picture watches in for sure. Yep. All right. So actor in the leading role. Uh, Kind of looks like how I thought it was gonna look. There was one curveball in the mix, but like it was a curveball that people mm. kind of want that people that people want it. They really fought for it. Um, like we mentioned, uh, Austin Butler and Elvis, Colin Farrell in the Banshees of Irishiran, Brendan Fraser in the Well, Paul Mescal is the curveball here in After Sun, and Bill Nye in Living. Uh, I yeah. actually just got a copy of After Sun. I'm gonna watch it today. I've heard great Dude, I things can't about wait it. To see that? Yeah, uh, and it's I actually I actually high on my list. I've actually set up our Dropbox, so I can I will be able to drop uh, links into that. Uh, Sweet. For the things you haven't seen yet. Um, Great, thank you. So, um, but I am intrigued to see it just based on what people have said about it and like what they've said about his performance, where they say he's like amazing. I, people were like really fighting for him to get in. Um, I mean, there are I know people were rooting for Tom Cruise, and like there are scenes in Top Gun where he shows a little bit like, you know, yeah, that's the Tom Cruise that used to like act. Um, yeah, but, yeah. but, but I kind of was like, he's not going to get in there if there's someone like really stronger than him. And like, in this case, I think it, it was, uh, our boy Paul here, the rest of the uh, yeah. nominees were kind of like similar to like what we've already been seeing. Like, I mean, a lot of people think it's a three-way race between Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser. I think even if you, I agree with I that. Think, I think now though, if you throw the car ball in like Paul, like he, he could kind of like weasel his Sneak way in there. there. I yeah. wouldn't be mad, like based on what I know about it. Um, I want to ask you a question about the best actors and just to make it make sense. I, I meant to bring this up for best picture, but I know we haven't seen all the picks, but like, is there anything that stands out to you that you think has the, the edge to win? If you, if you were to guess right now, what's going to win best picture? Uh, what uh, would you pick? Well, uh, the uh, for best picture. Yeah, uh, for, uh, for best picture. Um, uh, I'm a, I want to throw all my weight behind everything, everywhere, all at once, just because I think it's yep. the most un unique one of the bunch. Um, for sure. But I have this like feeling that like, and it's I and I like the movie. I just have this feeling that that Spielberg nostalgia might like kind of take over, and and it ends up being the Fablemans. I mean, I could change my Wouldn't mind. Wouldn't that later. be controversial? 
I think it would, and, and people love him. Like people love Spielberg. There's no hating Spielberg at all. Um, but no. I think that, like, as you should, I think that could be the case. I mean, I might change that final prediction later. Um, yeah, but, I'm but, expecting mine to change. But I kind of want. I kind of it would be great to see a movie like Everything Ever All at Once. Uh, it would win win a major award like that. I would. I would love to for see sure. That. Yeah. yeah, so to follow up then, um, just while we're talking about actors, and I'll ask this for every category we cover, who, who do you think has the the lead for, uh, or the, the edge for actor in a lead role? Uh, any, any prediction? I mean, we'll get to predictions, but like now, what do you think? Well, you know, well, you know what's funny is that this category has two things that like the Oscars really like. Uh, the Academy really loves when someone plays a real life person. Uh, you know, in the case of Austin Butler, it's Elvis. Uh, and especially when they do it well, when it's not just like a glorified impersonation of them. Um, and right. I will say that Austin Butler did not just like impersonate him. I would say that he embodied him. Uh, and but the Academy also loves when you ugly yourself up or like kind of like make yourself look really different. In the case of yeah. Brendan Fraser, um, that's that. They also yes, love. Uh, they also love a comeback story. That's also a Brendan Fraser. That's what thing I thought you were going to say first was a comeback yeah. story, and that's what I was thinking for Brendan Fraser. He's my pick uh, right now for the whale. Absolutely yeah, but then Austin, Austin Butler also has another thing. Sometimes they do like awarding like kind of fresh young talent, like you know that you know kind of come out. I mean, I know he's been acting for a bit, but this is like his breakout role. You know, True. as a I'll say like for you know the masses. Um, right. I think it comes down to them, and then like. Colin Farrell is like a distant third, but then I, but I feel like after I watch After Sun today, that could change feel, things up. I, I agree. might feel different about Paul. Mis- yeah, because I'm hearing great things about him, and like so many people that were like, even the night before when I was on Twitter, they were like, there are so many like other people I know that are writers and stuff that were like, please let me wake up in the morning to hear like Paul's name on this list, <laughs> and, and they were all super happy to hear it. So like, yeah, I mean, there's always like a little outlier there that could like kind of. Mm disrupt everything and he could be that person uh and we got that in actress in a leading role as well a little shake up there um yeah so this is where the first snuck in with yeah this is where the first bit of controversy comes from um yeah so kate blanchett for tar that was that was gonna happen no surprise uh and and the armist for blonde we i talked we talked about this here with uh with the sag nomination the critics choice nomination and the golden globe i was like they're gonna give her a best actress nomination now the funny thing about this and we're not going to talk about it in a long time it's weird that like the day before that movie got nominated for eight razzies like worst picture worst director whatever but i guess like the one shining star though for everyone that even people that didn't like the movie they're like she's good in it and like i'm glad that like people still pay the like, academy voters still paid attention to her despite the fact that they might have issues with the movie they're like no we're judging her on her performance exactly. and that's and, how we should be and like i really hope because I've, I've seen some journalists do this online that have issues with the movie and don't even think that she should be acknowledged for it i just hope that they don't get too mean-spirited in their writing of up of all this and get mean with her because it's like it's a really big moment for her like you know she's like 100 percent in the last like couple of years i think or three years like she's kind of like blown up in a really big way and this is like a really good since knives out at least yeah Yeah. it is a great time for her career and this will definitely uh push her further i think i would i would guess this is her first oscar nomination for acting yeah Yeah, first oscar nomination so so good for her huge Um, milestone love to see her there 
So I want to win, honestly. Yeah. So it, well, uh, I, would just, I would just want to see her win, just to like see everyone like, yeah, you know, Twitter just like explode. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. cave in um, on itself, but big Anadarmus yeah. fan. So, so the first um real big curveball in this category is Andrea Riseborough for two Leslie. Now here's the deal, like I. You would be forgiven not to know anything about it. I didn't know anything about the movie Thank until you, a week ago. Neither did I. <laughs> nope. A week ago. A week ago. Not a thing. Um, I know who she is. Um, I've only seen one movie that she's been in, and it's a movie I think is really underrated. It's called Disconnect. It came out in like 2012 or 2013. Like it's okay. basically like four interconnecting stories that deal with like issues with like the internet. So like kind of like the whole moral of the story is that how we need to like basically disconnect and like get to like you know, know each other more and be more present, like that kind of thing. And, and then like, and that came out 10 years ago. Yeah. And it was, yeah, yeah, talk and about she, ahead of its time. And she was really good in that movie, but that's the only thing I've seen her in. Um, I didn't start hearing about this until a week ago when like, she has some famous friends that really campaign hard for her right before voting close. And that's like Gwyneth Paltrow, Edward Norton, uh, Demi Moore, oh. uh, Mini Driver, they're all, Charlie Theron, they're all holding screenings for this really small movie that no one has seen. Um, I don't, I haven't seen it, so I can't judge it. Um, the controversy is, is it fair to get your famous friends to campaign for you at the last minute to uh, mm. get in the slot? Um, I mean, I don't think that's horrible because like on, what you will find out is like with the Oscar nominations, it's about talent, but it's also about like who is doing the most to like push themselves out there to get noticed right. by the Academy. Right. And when you have big names like that saying that this is like one of the best performances of the year, you have to see it. Uh, Frances Fisher was another actress that basically said, I think only 213 members needed to like put in a word for her in the final voting to like, push her to the forefront and she put that on social media right before voting closed so she got like a groundswell of like big support from like these okay big names um i think the other big controversy is viola davis is not in this category she was nominated for the woman king at sag and bafta critics choice right a lot of people think that she took her spot um so that's another reason why people are upset um and then the yeah. then there's the then there's the argument from people. Well, why should someone get nominated from a movie I've never heard of? Well, I mean that's gonna be on us for having not heard of it or seen it. <laughs> right. And now I wish I could figure out like where to go see it because it's playing nowhere by me, and I don't. I'm gonna try to see if I can get a copy of it. Um, but like I said, I hadn't heard of the movie until last week. I know that she plays a character that's struggling with like drug addiction. That's a okay. big. That could be a big emotional like you know. Thing for an actress mm. to play so i can see her being very good in a role like that but again i compare it to the anna de armor thing let's not take the shine away from like uh these exactly, people yeah. like like you know like it's not her like almost to drag her because she's there uh it's not her fault she did like right. yeah she campaigned for it but like ultimately they chose her so like it's you know gotta and live it brings, with the, the choices yeah and it brings that's what the academy to, went with yeah, brings attention to a very small movie that maybe more people will go try to see now if they can find it. And I mean, if I can find it, I will. <laughs> I will see it. I will Hopefully, see it. it's accessible. I mean, who doesn't want to? I you can't. I got to be behind that. Like a smaller movie getting some traction. Like, what's yeah. not to like about that? Good for yeah. her. And then another controversial one, a little bit. Michelle Williams 
pulled out a nomination for the Fablemans. Yes, I, she I missed mentioned the goal, we, right? Yeah, it's, well, I think uh, I think SAG too, and I miss I mentioned, okay. and I I mentioned that like she positioned herself as a lead in this, and everyone's like, no, she's supporting. Why is she making herself a lead? Everyone thought that like that would cost her a spot. It didn't. Um, but some people think it's not fair because like they don't think she is a lead in the Fablemans. She is supporting, you know, character. Um, this is her fifth Oscar nomination, by the way. Um, Holy. So, but I, you know, it's crazy because like you know, Dawson's Creek just had its 25th anniversary the other day, and when I was thinking of like who from that TV show would have the most successful career, I never thought it was her because like she always I didn't was, even like, know she more, was in it. Yeah, she was well. She was the youngest one in the show. I think she was like seventeen when she seventeen or eighteen when she got the show. It's like a year or two younger than like uh, Katie Holmes. Um, Katie Holmes had the more like showy part of the female. Like she was like you know the best friend who was in like in love with Dawson, and then Dawson oh, okay. was like date, dating Michelle Williamson's character when she first got on the show. Um, but she was also always a bit more low key than the rest of the cast. So I was like, ah, okay. I never, I never like pegged her to be like the one that would like go on to like all this like oscar glory but like yeah she's been nominated five times now and um and she's actually pulled in some really great performances across her like film career um yeah like like, manchester by the sea comes to mind for her yeah she got nominated nominated for that uh uh, in that movie yeah my week with maryland she got nominated uh for that as well uh blue valentine great movie nominated oh, yeah. very depressed very depressing though um, i can't watch were- it yet i'm not ready for that movie i have it but i haven't thrown it in because i don't know yeah, i'm ready it, for it it's it's a gut punch uh but oh, yeah, good, god good for her and then like you know the yeah. final one it's a really good one michelle yell for uh everything everywhere all at once um big uh thing for her is uh Asian American actress being nominated for uh, best actress—it's huge. Um, yeah, that whole mo- that whole movie got a lot of recognition in other categories too. Um, I kind of think in this kind of yeah, yeah. I kind of think in this category, it's going to come down to Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett. But I agree. As I said with Paul Mescal, I'm going to say the same thing about Andrea Riseborough, who might be an outlier here and like sneak in and win. I don't know. Um, That's right. But for now, I'm going. Kate or Michelle, and then like I'll, I'll do a final one once it gets closer. Yeah, I agree. It's anyone's game at this point. Um, but just judging on the trajectory of uh, Kate and Michelle Yo, I believe that they just have that extra oomph behind them. But we'll see how yeah. things go. Definitely got to see a couple more performances before I can really weigh in. Yeah, uh, directing. Uh, it all it all looks how I was thought it was gonna look, except for one. Um, uh, but uh, Martin Madonna and Jesus Vinasheeran. Uh, the Daniels for everything ever all at once. Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben. I'm gonna Austin. Uh, for Austin, Triangle yeah, of Sadness. exactly. Yeah, for, for Triangle of Sadness. That was the one that I wasn't expecting. Um, but like I said, they had a pretty good morning. Um, in a, a few major categories. Um, I think the big difference between the DGA is that Joseph Kaczynski was nominated for Top Gun Maverick at the Directors right. Guild, and he did not make the cut here. But you know, four out of five is not a bad uh, comparison. No, it's pretty uh, close. I'm gonna tell you right right now. I want the Daniels to win, but I think yeah. they're gonna give. It to, I think they're gonna give it to Spielberg. Um, but that's just my initial thought right now. I feel it. Like just I've see, I had the chance to see everything everywhere twice uh, this year or last year. Um, and I was specifically looking more towards the direction on my second watch. And it would be, it's hard to pass up that movie as a, as a clear best directing choice. Like God, the work they put into that movie is just 
absolutely astounding. Yeah, can't I can't argue with you. I think Stevens is a good choice too, and and probably an academy favorite. And uh, you can never count him out, just like you can't count out a James Cameron blockbuster raking in two billion. Yep. He's now the first person to have three two billion dollar movies at the box office. And Steven's right up there with him um, in terms of star power. Um, so hard to count him out. I think you're right it being between the two of them. If I were to throw in another kind of curveball pick, um, I like Martin McDonough too. He yeah, got that's actually, actually a good play, choice. Yeah. I think he might. Like, I think he might. Too hard. Yeah, I think he might See, end up with a screenplay award though. I, I kind of feel even, like because I, I kind of feel I kind of feel like we're like, and this is just me speculating. When the Academy is like, okay, well, we're not going to give Martin McDonough director. But if we give him the screenplay award, then it's like, you know, we acknowledge like the work that he put in on that right. film. I kind of feel like that is what's going to happen there. But like, he could be a curveball in the directing. See, I'm thinking too. like the Daniels and Steven Spielberg might split and then someone else might be able to sneak in past there with not a lot of votes, but just more than uh, I'm sure a lot yeah. of votes will come down between those two. So yeah, we'll never, you never know what's going to happen there. Yeah, that's true. I agree. Um, all right. Best actor in a supporting role. Also. Mostly looks like we've seen it, with uh, maybe one or two exceptions. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, the Bandages of Inishirin. Brian Tyree Henry is uh, for Causeway. A lot of people were like campaigning for I had not heard him. of either. Yeah, it's on Apple. It's him and Jennifer Lawrence. A lot of people were campaigning for him too, and he missed a few um, awards. I, don't, I think he got a Critics' Choice nomination he, and stuff like that. But like everyone was like, well, maybe he can sneak in, and he did. Um, Judd Hirsch Good for The Fable Mist. Um, the supporting category is going to be Judd Hirsch for the Fable Miss or Paul Dano. Some people thought Paul Dano had it locked, but they okay. went with Judd Hirsch. They went with Judd, Judd Hirsch. I always, all right, Barry, what's his last name from, is it? Uh, again, multiple pronunciations. <laughs> I'd go with Keegan. I've heard that. And all right, Keegan. the easiest one to pronounce. Barry right, Keegan. I, I and, I, and, I, and I will yeah. say the same thing I said when I butchered his name the last time. Or the guy who yeah. was the best thing about the Eternals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Banshees I've been hearing. And uh, K. Huey Kwan and everything, everywhere, all at once. I think it's going to him. I think uh, I can't see it going to anyone else. I think he swept every major award up at this point. Yeah, that's one that's locked. I think. Yeah, and I. But and, anyway, I'll be betting. He'll be uh, giving the best <laughs> speech too. I would imagine as well. <laughs> yeah, that make, will be a triumphant he'll, moment. I'm. He'll probably make everyone cry. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Oh, yeah. Um. And the best supporting actress category looks like what we thought it would too. Angela Bassett in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, uh, Hung Chow in The Whale, Carrie Condon in The Banshees of yes, Inisherin, love it. Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Hsu in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm glad that she got in there because people were like, if they nominate Jamie Lee Curtis and not her, they were going to get really upset. <laughs> um, so right. I'm glad they I'm glad they both got acknowledgement. Um, for Jamie Lee Curtis, this is a really cool nomination. She's been in the business. 45 years i think uh her pedigree wow. i mean her, her dad was tony curtis also oscar nominated her mom's her mom. Lee, oscar nominated for psycho and now she is a oscar nominee uh after all these years in the business i mean i for me this is like the win for her because she's not gonna win um no but but i but i think just to be nominated when you're at her level now i've seen online some people were like oh they gave her the honorary you've been in the business it's so long nomination um and that could be right. true but like yeah, she was we'll never know. she was funny and i mean she was really interesting in the movie i i mean i think that stephanie she has a like more the gives a better performance than her but they're also very different more to do in that movie yeah there's more to do yeah yeah um but you know i'm glad that most of the major actors from that movie got acknowledgement and that's exactly it's pretty cool um 
Uh, as far as uh, who I think is going to take it, I, I'm still riding the Angela Bassett train all the way to the yeah. <laughs> to the very uh, to the very end. I mean, um, if she wins SAG, so, if she wins SAG, then I think she's definitely going to win the Oscar. She might sure. not win. She might not win the BAFTA because like they tend to cater to like 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 the Banshees of Inner and They think is going to sweep a lot of those like acting awards at BAFTA because that's just the kind of movie it is. And like the British yeah. Academy thinks differently. Um, but exactly and he is scottish or irish like they're yeah, definitely yeah. gonna favor him but, but i mean Martin, do you see is. any do you see any outliers in that category or do you think just based on like what you've seen so far that like she might be um, the definite front runner angela yeah, yeah um i actually am thinking i'm leaning towards hong chow for the whale um having come off that watch earlier this month thought she did a phenomenal job in it she was also great in the menu i feel like she could have got um some recognition for that movie as well i get it's tired yeah. of limited spots but um i'm really i don't know necessarily where i think they'll 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 give the trophy to um i honestly i'm hoping hong chow she was my of these performances i've seen um her and yeah. carrie condon i think are, are were phenomenal i, I like them both i wouldn't be mad with either of them uh yeah. but yeah i'd say i'm leaning towards hong chow um on the note of Angela Bassett, though, so in 30 movies or however many that are in the MCU, she is now officially the first MCU actor to have uh, garnered an Oscar uh, nomination. Is that right? That is very Crazy. true. Good yeah, so I mean, good for her. I mean, if, if anyone that could do, there are certain actresses like her, like her, Viola Davis, like they are just like powerful. They give, always give like powerful performances. And I'm like, I right. guess if anyone was going to be like one of the first to have that happen, it, right. it's very fitting that it's her. Um, I know I always I keep talking about the scene, but it is a great scene. Like it's like all right, mm -hmm. you're like if they if they have time because I know sometimes they don't show clips of the Oscars if they're running short on time, but if they like show the that whatever clip they're gonna show to like show like oh like how good are they? I, I hope I it'll see be, it. Yeah, it'll be that clip. It'll be that clip. And, I'm hoping that's um, yeah. You know, and there's a big debate like you know does one scene make for a overall like best you know performance like. But it, maybe it can. I mean, like, if it, if it really, like, kind of moves you that much, it, maybe it can. And yeah. she has so much respect in the industry that, like I said, like, if she wins for this, I don't think anyone's going to, like, roll their eyes and be like, oh, like, she won for that Marvel movie. I think they're going to just be like, oh, like, <laughs> she deserves it. She's a great actress. Like, you know, it's her time. Was that was that Marvel's only Oscar nomination? I didn't have a chance to check out all the technical uh, so, uh, categories yet. Yeah, so Black Panther got some uh, nods and, like, some of the uh, technical, I think, costume design. Oh, did it? Oh okay. Uh, yeah, let me look at other ones. Uh, yeah, let me see. Oh, and, and best original I saw. Best original song for uh, Rihanna's uh, "Lift Me Up." Oh right. Um, right. I, I also, saw that. Uh, yeah, yeah, costume design. I think may and makeup and hairstyling. Yeah, so we got some technical. Uh, okay. Nods. Well, you know, which is a, you know a big difference from when the first one. First one came out. The first one got a best picture nomination, and mm -hmm. like you know, it you know it was a big, but it was a big deal. It was like a kind of like a pop cultural it was a huge movement for, that movie. for sure yeah yeah um and yeah um as far as like some of the other i was trying to look for a screenplay so my screen was uh freezing up a little bit because i know that's kind of important too uh, screenplay yeah cinematography i want to cover as well yeah so adapt the screenplay and there are some people that are wondering I, even though this is not the first one listed i just wanted to get it out of the way uh two yeah. of them actually Glass Onion, The Knives Out Mystery, and Top Gun Maverick. Everyone's wondering why are they adapted screenplays. Um, Interesting, apparently, yeah. Apparently, under the Oscar rules, if it's a sequel, 
it's being adapted from like the original movie. So that makes it a, a adapted screenplay rather than an original screenplay. I think okay, that's a very interesting. I think that's very loose reasoning. Uh, yeah, me too. Because uh, yeah, I really don't like it's still like an original script and it's not based on like previous source material. Like you're not like adapting the first movie again. So I, no, I exactly. think that's kind of yeah, I think that's kind of weird. But like, yeah, they uh, Glass Onion. It's the only uh, nomination that it got at the Oscars, but um, Ryan Johnson got it for uh, his adapted screenplay. And then uh, Top Gun Maverick, uh, yeah, adapted screenplay, Aaron Kruger, Aaron Warren Singer, and Christopher Curry. Also, oh, and Peter Craig and Justin Marks. A lot, oh, a lot of people got nominated for that. Uh, oddly Holy enough, Aaron, how many people wrote that movie? Oh I know. God. Oddly enough, Aaron Kruger wrote Screen Three. So I mean, good for him. That's a good. Oh wow. Good come. Good good, good come up. <laughs> yeah, big time. Um, and then the other ones in this category are All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, Living, and Women Talking, which is a big nomination for Sarah Pauly. Um, yeah, good for her. Um. I think this could be the one that they, if they wanted to acknowledge women talking, it would be here. Um, I think that would be like, I can't see Top Gun Maverick winning. I nah. can't see, I can't see Knives Out. I can't out. see Glass Onion. No. I need, I need to watch All Quiet and Rest Your Front and Living. But, you know, if I have to, if they want to be like, all right, guys, like <laughs> everyone's ignored women talking all award season, let's right. give it its due. Because it, I mean, it's not going to win Best Picture, I don't think. Um, but I think the no, screenplay no, award is where um, it's at. To, yeah, to me, this goes to All Quiet on the Western Front. Like, if I were to pick right now, like, that screenplay is awesome. Um, they do yeah. a great job honoring the first one. Uh, yeah, surprised to see, like, again, like I told you, I wasn't the biggest fan of Glass Onion. I mean, granted, Ryan Johnson's a talented writer, even though right. he's done some stuff in the past I don't love. Um, he is a fantastic writer, so good to see him recognize that but i don't know just i'm surprised to see glass onion in there but where there's two screenplay uh categories i guess i'm not really that upset about it yeah so with original screenplay um and this go. one I, this one actually might be the most ex- one of the more exciting ones and i don't think people uh are expecting it to be but like it is really like so the competition is pretty fierce so like the banshees of Aaron sharon uh everything everywhere all at once the fableman's tar and triangle of sadness um, you were talking about like the splitting of the vote and all that stuff earlier. Yeah. Um, I yeah I can see that I can kind of see that happening here. You know, I like I said earlier, I think they want to award Banji something, um, and That's I don't know if point. it's going to win. I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. It could actually pull upset and win. I don't know. Um, and I don't think it's going to win Best Director. I think this is like its best shot for like a major it's best shot. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not going to win in the supporting category. That's going to uh k huey kwan uh and then yeah. the two that are nominated in supporting actress i don't think either one of them are going to win um michelle yo has a shot at like in her you know winning best actress yep. between her and kate blanchett and you know even the daniels have a shot in directing and stuff too i i don't know but i i think banjis has this is where it it could be a clear winner if they want to acknowledge it within a major award yep. so. i uh in the event that two movies in particular split the original screenplay i can see triangle of sadness sneaking in there and getting some votes um it is a really slick and cleverly written movie um few it's just a great social satire and social commentary which i think will go a long way in terms of uh voters recognizing it um so don't count it out it was uh it is a good screenplay and i could see it i don't necessarily think that i know what's gonna win like i really like everything everywhere for this one 
because right. um, it is truly defines what makes an original movie. Um, so that's why I'm thinking that. But Triangle of Sadness, don't count it out and get it in before before uh, Oscars too, because you'll enjoy that. Yeah, one. yeah, I need to see it. I still need to see it. But yeah, I mean that's a really good category. I think. Hundred um, percent. And you know the one tentacle where I I <laughs> wanted to mention because like the movie that was everyone thinks should be nominated for best cinematography is top gun maverick and it did not get one another oh, one is the yeah. and, and another one is the batman a lot of people have like mentioned like and that got three nominations in some other technical categories but it did like sound top, i saw yeah yeah top gun maverick is a good looking movie i don't know how it missed uh the cinematography but all quiet on the rest of the front like you said you said it has good cinematography so it's there and yeah, then, it uh, I'm, here we go <laughs> And then Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. It's a Netflix movie. I've never seen it. I don't know how good it looks. <laughs> um, Elvis, Empire of Jeez. Light, and, and Tar. Um, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. at that category. This is the first chance I've had to look at it. It's on my screen right now, and I'm just seeing it for the first time. And I got to say, that is a category that I kind of feel is weaker. <laughs> I did not expect these picks to be in there. Yeah, um, I agree. Elvis um, in particular, I'm just surprised. There's nothing in the trailers of the footage I saw that made me think, wow, that is a great, you know, movie that's with strong cinematography. I don't doubt that it is good, but what a strong year 2022 had for cinematography. It's that, it's that Bass Norman razzle dazzle, man. I think they all get like distracted it, by it. it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're <laughs> right, man. Um they get so distracted by it. To see, yeah, the great Roger Deakins in there for Empire of Light. I'm honestly just glad to see that movie get recognized. Like it's hardly been mentioned anywhere. And you know, Deakins is the GOAT. Yep. So good for him. But I don't know. I have nothing to comment on. I don't I, yeah, I got, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> nothing for I got that nothing. one. I got nothing. All Quiet <laughs> is really the first one and only one on there that I can like think that, that is why it's being recognized. Like Tar, no doubt, is a great movie. And um, I'm really excited to see it. Just I wouldn't have expected it to get a cinematography nomination. Yeah. But my biggest gripe with this category is again, like I mentioned last week, the Northman not getting any recognition. That movie shot so now, beautifully. I saw that listed oh. to you a lot on Twitter. They were like uh, this guy went on like a rant and he was like and again i feel post, like that again, guy again again posted a bunch of images from the movie that were like oh yeah they, i mean i don't see how they ignored it did you see it i, I did see it i liked it yeah, yeah okay. it's, a, it's a great looking movie it's a really oh, good looking movie i, I feel like that's a yeah. snob big time that movie was phenomenal yeah. i don't know i didn't see it in any other categories i don't think it got any love maybe yeah. some technicals i didn't i didn't see well but yeah speak, interesting speaking, category. Of, speaking of stuff i mean there's other technical categories um i don't know if you want to touch on them but they're like you know production design and stuff like that like all the usual suspects are there original score i right. think that's i mean uh babylon got that's no major one. nominations except for i mean it's gonna win original score maybe uh and i think so too <laughs> um easy bet uh, and uh i had a friend that woke up who didn't like babylon that was like thank god i didn't sneak in there because he was like i was really worried that like it was gonna sneak in and still get like a best picture nomination or something i like, you're a hater i wouldn't do that <laughs> if it did like i would have liked to see it there over avatar and, or even elvis but, yeah, and, uh, I'm, I'm just, and honestly, the best actress waste is tight, but like, dude, Margot Robbie was like giving, oh, it her yeah, all, giving it her all and like didn't get like nominated. I mean, I think if the movie was better received, it would this would be a different story. I bet you're right. People are saying morning. career best performance by her, like, come on, yeah, uh, but it is, yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's hard when there's only like five slots. I mean, I get it exactly. Do you um, think they'll ever expand that? I, I can't remember if I asked you this last week. Like, just five just seems like such a tight you race. Did, and there's you did, and like actually, someone else brought it up on Twitter today how they should have oh, yeah? maybe at least one or two more slots since like the best picture category can have up to ten. I think it would balance that out a bit. 
I think it would. I mean, I think you would also get people complaining, like, like, well, everyone can get nominated. Like, we can't make sure like everyone gets in. Um, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but speaking of snubs, um, and surprises, we already mentioned that like, uh, Andrea Riseborough was a surprise. She was a big surprise to everyone this morning. Um, yep. I think she was surprised. Like, people probably even know who she was. She's uh, probably <laughs> surprised. <laughs> yeah um viola davis and actually the woman king just being shut out completely i mean it she could have gotten the nod as a producer if it got nominated for best picture she campaigned hard for it um it did well at the box office you know it had that going for it um she was nominated for sag and bafta critics choice not um at the oscars some people are calling that a snub Uh, another one is the danielle uh deadweiler she was in this movie till she got a SAG nomination recently. They thought that she might sneak in there. A lot of people who were meeting on social media claim that Andrea took her spot. Um, right. Yeah. You know, uh, it is what it is. I mean, everyone can't get it, but like, yeah, she was exactly. listed as, um, as one of the snubs. Um, female directors also. I mean, we've talked about this yeah. a bit. Um, Not a new of, phenomenon by any means. No. And like, you know, it's, this happens every year, it seems like. Um, they either give us one or none right uh and you know and the excuse is always like well like the work just wasn't there or like you know like they you know compared to everyone else and i don't think you can say that this year there were a lot of like you know the women talking the woman king uh she said there's a lot of like representation there that could have been like the fact that she said got no nominations is crazy to me it's like a really solid movie um but like i don't know it's a it's a problem and they haven't fixed it <laughs> I think they feel like once well, like, they give, how do you it, it's hard it's to a, fix it's a so. hard problem to address how do you fix it like do you, do you say that any of these directors aren't are yeah at, how at do what you, point are you saying say let's it give it like a participation it, trophy <laughs> it, well yeah like i'm not gonna detract from any of these i haven't actually i, I don't have much of a, of a leg to stand on here because i haven't seen any of the movies that were directed by women so like listeners just take what i'm saying with a grain of salt right but at what point like if you do nominate one of these and and look at the list in front of me right now and you take off one of these at what point are you yeah are you giving it i'm sure these women don't want to be nominated for the fact that they're women you know what i mean like and and that's not to say that they didn't make great films this is just comes down to the conversation is that the the category is so limited you can only pick five i think all those there are deserving it and had great direction behind them um yeah I, I, I don't know how, how you really get a, around that it's hard to like really broach the conversation without sounding like it is i mean because like yeah the work was there the work was totally there i mean like it's it's sure. not to say that like oh like i, I mean and, and it was getting acknowledgement from critics and, like you know everything like uh i don't know man it's it's a tough one i always have like this was so much easier when we had a girl on the podcast. So like, she could actually like say <laughs> like a lot right. of these things. Totally. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's hard because like once you go like that person should be there, but then now you have to make the decision of like, mm. okay, then who doesn't deserve to be there? Who do you take away? Like, I mean, they put in and hard work And then does too, the conversation right? become all right. And then the conversation becomes, did they not get, did, did even Spielberg or Martin McDonough get left off because they're a man and we had to give one to a woman. Like, is that what becomes of that? Right. Like, exactly. I think people will start like, you know, asking those questions. Um, I had something else lined up to say that just left my head, but oh, well, oh yeah. Well, you get 10 best picture nominated movies, one of which is directed by a woman. I think it makes sense that if you're going to limit that to five, 
um, for directors, I mean, the, the numbers yeah. add up that most of them are going to be men. Yeah, that's true. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be surprised or against necessarily like adding in another, you know, splitting the directing uh, categories to accommodate women or something. Oh, like, like, that happening, but oh, like men best just make male, so like, much, like best, yeah. best male director and best female director, like the kind of like they do with the acting awards. Kind of like I think that if there's going to be a category where they introduce that change in, it should be directing. Um, it's really the only other category where that's much of an issue. Um, but also just got to acknowledge too that uh, I wouldn't know anything in terms of numbers or percentages, but men just vastly make up uh, a wider proportion of of directors out there than women do. Yeah, yeah, that, it's true. I mean, that. the numbers reflect that, and unfortunately, it's because there, a lot of women aren't given the same opportunities as men to that's, make. That's a great. Uh, that's a great point. Certain movies, um, you know, that's they have point. to fight a lot harder. Um, yes, there's yeah. barriers. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I get, I get, don't get me wrong. I get the upset. I get like the, you yeah. want to wake up on a morning like this and be like, oh, let's see like representation and like, and then like, yep. it's kind of not there. Um, but you know, like, like you said, it's a slippery slope. It's hard to like decide how, like who's going to, you know, but it's, it's, right. it's uh, problems are never going to go away though. I mean, they'll be like, it really won't. it'll be like this time next year and it'll be the same discussion probably. About, like, <laughs> I'm, oh, sure, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> let's bookmark this. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there's other technical awards that you guys can kind of like jump into. Um, I mean, like Lady Gaga's got not another Oscar nomination for her Top Gun song. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll mention this snub because one of my friends is a big Taylor Swift fan. She was supposed to, <laughs> she was possibly going to get nominated for her song uh, for uh, Rare the Crawdag, Crawdag, right? Carolina, Carolina, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was on the short list, uh, and then get nominated, which is crazy because, like, you know, if you want people to watch the Oscars, you probably would nominate Taylor Swift. For best original right. song, um, but they didn't. Uh, they did not. But you know what? You have you have a lot of pop music representation with Rihanna. Yeah, you got Rihanna and, in there. Yeah, Lady Gaga. And yeah, and honestly, I don't think either one of them are going to win. It's going to go to that RRR song. It seems like yeah. it's winning everything. And I don't I know agree. what the, I don't know what the criteria is for winning best original song, because every time I hear "Lift Me Up" by Rihanna, the scene that they play it in during the movie is a really highly emotional scene, and it kind of goes with the scene. So like okay. it's it's like what you're watching and then also hearing the music. So like I right. was like if if you're basing it on that, like I feel like that should win. So I don't know what the criteria though is for like best original song. Is it like composition or is it like you know, lyrics, you know, how it relates to the movie? I don't know how they pick it. Beats me, um, I have no idea. But I know a lot of I know a lot of people will be happy if if uh not too not too one. <laughs> so I yeah. wouldn't I won't hate I won't hate it. Um, adding that to the list of movies I got to see before before March 12th because now I got to see RRR big time Um, but yeah the Academy Awards are March 12th as you said at 5pm Pacific Standard Time and uh, it's going to be a big day Um, cannot wait cannot wait Jimmy Kimmel Uh, hosting yep yes a very good host Oscar host by the way too yeah he's reliable love him All right, so I'm not going to spend too much time on this but the day before traditionally um the Oscar nominations, we also get the Razzie nominations, which are, uh, mm. they honor the worst of the, <laughs> of the year. Air quotes um, here. Air quotes, big air quotes. Um, a lot of people they think they're savage. Pretty, a lot of people think it's a very mean spirited, outdated awards ceremony. Uh, like last year they nominated, uh, 
every movie Bruce Willis was in in 2021, and that was before they found out that like he was oh, like sick. No. So then they had to they rescinded the nomination when they found out that he actually was sick. Uh, oh, yeah, which is you know at least they did that right. Uh-huh. That's yeah, points. Um, but yeah, uh, worst picture. You've heard about Blonde for Anna de Armas. Like she's the only good thing about it, apparently, according to everyone. Oh, that's how God. that's nominated for a worst picture. Disney's Pinocchio, which is on Disney Plus, is nominated for a worst picture. No surprise uh, there. Good morning. I guess it's a movie that stars Machine Gun Kelly. Never heard of it, but uh it's up there for uh, he got like picture. five nominations for that movie or Razzie noms like he did like, producing I think he directed it too like god yeah uh the king's daughter Let's which i actually had to review for uh the website a while ago uh it's pierce brosnan it was a long delayed movie <laughs> um uh, it, it's okay. not good and then morbius no. so i'm not surprised to see that there at all uh so Mor- man okay does it i remember seeing that does that movie not seem like it's been out for an, like a lifetime now like i i forgot that was even 2022 that movie's just been out forever well because it, it was supposed to come out so much earlier but it got like delayed because of COVID. Oh, so like so you is. were so you were seeing trailers for it like forever like for 2020 a, probably it, yeah it felt no. like yeah it felt like a long time i felt that way about that's um, why oh god what was it uh the kingsman the prequel that they did that movie was supposed to come out like a long time before it That's got released. That's a good point, yeah. And that trailer played for like I saw that trailer so much over like a year, and That's a good point. I was like, I was like unaware when it finally came out. I was like, oh, cool. Uh, so worst actor we mentioned Machine Gun Ke- Kelly. His real name is Colson Baker. I did not know that. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, right. Uh, Pete Davidson for doing a voice in Marmaduke. Uh, Tom <laughs> Hanks for Pinocchio. Uh, Jared Ooh. Leto for Morbius and Sylvester Stallone for The Samaritan. Um, wow, it's I, Sorry, I, I, Sly. Yes, we were putting Tom Hanks, and I mean, I whatever. <laughs> um, it's he wasn't like awful. Um, People really don't like that movie, man. It's not good, it's really not good. But no, it's I haven't not, seen it, I never will. But geez, uh, worst actress. All right, Ryan Kier Armstrong is 12 years old, she's in Firestarter. They nominated her for worst actress. Oh God, it's already they bad enough. Care. It's already bad enough that the movie got like shitty reviews and no one really liked it um i think this is really mean and it can actually like she could be the target of like bullies kids are awful to each other oh kids <laughs> and, are horrendous to each other and like a lot of people are like they should take this away and like they should have nominated a 12 year old girl um in the category like this as worst actress but they did anyway and they actually haven't said anything about any of the pushback uh yet really uh, uh, so i'm guessing yeah, I gotta say gonna... that's a bad taste um bryce dallas howard yeah yeah i guess bryce dallas howard for jurassic, for jurassic for dominion I mean, she's not that bad in the movie either but whatever <laughs> the movie's not good but like she's not <laughs> awful no in it um okay Diane, that's what i've avoided too yeah oh they don't i mean if you if you feel like you really need to finish that like new trilogy go right ahead um but it's not good i don't i i like the premise of it of the third one but it it just got such terrible reviews anyway okay. diane keaton what was she in uh, Mac and Rita. I haven't seen it. Don't know anything about it. Uh, I, 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 I will say it says that. Oh, ew, I, actually, there's a description beneath their picture. Plays a 30 year old woman who gets magically transformed into a senior citizen. <laughs> That's the plot of oh, Mac and Rita. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, Alicia Silverstone for the. I've never even heard of this. The Requeen. I don't know what it is. And Kaya. Oh, uh, God. I'm going to misspell her name or say it. Scudelario for The King's Daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, worst remake, okay. ripoff, or sequel, Blonde. Uh, 
365 days this day and the next 365 days there's like next netflix movies they made uh, two of those in one year yeah <laughs> oh my god and disney's Pinocchio <laughs> up there again uh firestarter and jurassic world dominion and i'll even go through like oh oh i will say uh tom hanks is acknowledged twice uh as worst supporting actor for elvis so he has two razzie nominations <laughs> I don't like living in a world where we say that Tom Hanks is like the worst in something. <laughs> I know that just seems so unfair. Um, granted, I remember feeling this way seeing the Elvis trailers and not really digging his accent and his performance in the trailers. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought Razzie material for Tom. Yeah. Like that's a little far, but I do remember being like, "Ugh, I don't like that <laughs> at all." Oh, Pete well. Davidson, Good Morning. So that's the, I guess, the Machine Gun Kelly movie. Xavier Sam Samuel for Blonde, and Evan Williams for Blonde. <laughs> a lot of people in Blonde. Oh. Uh, worst screen couple: Colson Baker and Maud Son in Good Morning. Both real life characters. Oh God, in the fallacious White House bedroom scene in Blonde. So you have to see the movie to know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I have Tom an idea. Hanks, Tom Hanks and his latex latent face and ludicrous accent in Elvis. And Andrew Dominic and his issues with women and Blonde, who is the director what? of Blonde. <laughs> oh my God. People are savage with that movie. It, people are. are really disappointed. It wasn't what they thought it was going to be. And now they're taking it out on, out on the Razzies. Like, uh, yeah. that's what you get when your expectations are too high for something. And you want something out of a movie instead of just appreciating it for what it is. Yeah. Now, again, that's one that's jumping high on my list to see. Uh, worst director, let's just get out of the way. Andrew Dominic Blonde, uh, Judd, Ep- Judd Epitale, The Bubble, Colson Baker, Machine Gun Kelly for Good Morning, Daniel Espinoza for Morbius, and Robert Zemeckis for Disney's Pinocchio. That's so crazy that Oof. Robert Zemeckis is like listed as like a worst director. Uh, and That's then worst screenplay, too. worst screenplay, can you guess what's on here? <laughs> Blonde, Blonde, yeah, number one, Disney's Pinocchio, Good Morning, Jurassic World Dominion, and Morbius. Uh, yeah poor blonde wow and i guess poor uh poor tom hanks i don't know i don't like that oh uh, yeah I really, uh, no like i feel like they could have left him out of that and not like really paid much fine to it uh i think it's kind of rude it's like if like if, i don't did, know if, yeah you know Sorry, and I, I do and i do respect some actors do show up to accept their razzies in person and like uh-huh. i think that so the year that sandra bullock won an oscar for the blind side she won a Razzie for All About Steve, and she accepted her Razzie for All About Steve in person, made jokes about it. It was great. Halle Berry, when she got nominated for Catwoman for Razzie, she accepted, accept, she accepted it in person, and she mocked her like Oscar speech, being like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm like the first black woman to win a Razzie. Like, she made fun of it. And like, you know, Adam okay. Sandler's never Good Adam Sandler's never gone to collect his Razzies. He's been not he's one. How many, he, he must be a fucking award like a record holder for Razzies. Yeah. Jesus. He's yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's never um he's never accepted it. And you would think that someone that's like good with comedy would like accept it, but like no, has not. Yeah, um, I, I, I was gonna say earlier, I don't know where the Razzies like I don't even know how I feel about them or where their place and like just the movie industry is. Like if we'll see them in the next decade, if it'll be around forever, or if there is if people think that they do have a genuine position in the conversation of film in the in the movie industry. I don't really know how I feel. It's not uh not a ceremony know, I've paid all that much attention to over the years. Like there's 
times where I've, you know, just been scrolling through trivia and, you know, seeing a particular actor or movie as a Razzie and it's what are the, the golden Raspberry awards? Is that what? Yeah. Yeah. That's for? What, yeah. That's what for. Yeah. I think, I think they used to be considered funny. And I think in the current climate where like the last few years, people are like more cautious about like the jokes they make and like yeah. the things they say. The, yeah. Been, the climate been, has changed. It's been viewed a lot differently now where it's like, some people don't even think you should award the worst in anything. Like I know at the end of the year, a lot of people are like, I don't know if I want to do like my 10 worst films of the year. Cause like, they think it's like insulting to the Chris people. Stuckman that them. Yeah, comes yeah, to mind. yeah. He stopped yeah. doing a 10 worst of the year. And I mean, I commend him for that because yeah. no one wants to, it's, it's one thing to like point out a movie you were disappointed with or something you weren't, you know, something that you really didn't like. But yeah. at that point, at what point are you really just like throwing hate, throwing shade? And is that really what you want to be covering? And that's why I kind of think his approach for dropping his 10 worst movies of the year list yeah. is. And I, I think it's a good move. And he's just not that kind of like he's the kind of guy that just loves film. And but you're right. A lot of other people uh, have been dropping. That's some a trend we're seeing. And I don't necessarily not like it. But yeah, I yeah, I agree. Um, all right. There's one thing, uh, and I just want to get your quick thoughts on it. Uh, yeah. Just because, and it has to do. So when we first started the podcast, the the Russ movie shooting was like the biggest story. Oh. Like, and, it, and it was like, uh, and we didn't know if that was if that we long should, ago, eh? and, and we didn't know if we should cover it or not because it was like, oh, is it too serious? But it was such a big industry story that it was like, yeah, I think we, I, I think I we think should it's cover, a good it. Call to cover it. Yeah. And then cover it respectfully. Um, you know, like you probably your know. thoughts on it. We haven't chatted this before. So, yeah. So like, you know, Elena Hutchins, uh, of course, I mean, tragically, uh, they're Alec Baldwin and they're going over a scene with like a prop gun or whatever. And uh, wasn't aware that there was an actual like, you know, bullet, bullet loaded in the gun. Um, they're setting it up for a camera shot. Um, Depending on who you believe, he says he didn't pull the trigger. It just went off. Uh, the DA mm. when they brought when they brought these like, these new things like these new charges out, they said there's no way that gun could have fired if he didn't pull the trigger. But like it just depends on like who you believe. But like it hits her, hits the director as well. She dies. Director is injured, um, survives, uh, and then it becomes a big discussion about who's at fault. Like it. You know, if, if if it's him as an actor, or if it's the armorer who is in charge of like taking care of the guns and like making sure that they're uh, unloaded properly, handled properly, all this kind of things. Like, so there was a long right. investigation about it. Um, a lot of people were like, "Alec Baldwin, please stop talking." He did an interview with like ABC and like, yeah, I saw that. It did. That didn't look great. It didn't look great didn't, on him. That didn't help, I think. I, I'm sure he had a lawyer that was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, the guy needs PR help because he literally was asked outright if he felt guilty for it and he just denied feeling any guilt, right? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, because he kind of was like, it was, I mean, yeah, I think Christ, he felt, man. it seemed like he felt empathy, but like he was like, I didn't, it was an accident. He didn't do it on purpose. Right. So that he kind doesn't of want thing, to feel culpable. Like, and like, you know, if you're, if you're her husband who has like, you know, that's not like the last thing you want to hear, I think like, you know, he lost uh, his wife. Yeah. Their kid lost their mother. Like it's a really tragic thing. But like you know, they said that this would be. Um, I want to mention her name too, Elena Hutchins. I didn't want to just say that uh, she was just a cinematographer yeah. on the on the shoot. Um, and this has been wow. I didn't realize it was this long. Eighteen months since this happened. It's crazy because I feel like it just. I, um, I remember but, um, waking up to the headlines. Like that's crazy. But yeah, the Santa Fe District Attorney Mary Carmack. 
announced on January 19th that the county would be bringing charges against Alec Baldwin for the cinematographer's death uh, of, of uh, Hutchins. And also um, the armorer uh, is also being charged with a voluntary uh, manslaughter. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, granted, I have no real like say or my opinion doesn't really have any weight on this matter, but just for the sake of saying it, we're talking about it. That seems yeah. to make sense. Like If what I understand is the armorer handed the gun to Alec Baldwin and declared it safe to be using, shouldn't have really had a bullet in it in the first place. So that right. is definitely some culpability in that position. Right. I'm, to be honest, like just reflecting on this, like after the charges came out, I was surprised to see that there were actually charges levied against Alec Baldwin. I'm a little right. torn. I I get both sides of the argument as to, as to if he should, you know, have responsibility for this. Um, yeah. So I don't really even know that I have my mind made up if I feel that, he is guilty or whatever word you want to use but what are you thinking i'm like i'm torn on it because like again it's an accident he didn't intend to do it it's not like and i i maintain that when this first happened right um i think what's bothered me since the initial story broke and uh where we're at now and it has a lot to do with the interview and then the things that he said in other little interviews that he's given yeah i i get i get self-preservation and kind of like you need to distance yourself from it and like protect yourself. Sure. But it, I can't say I would do any different. But like you're also as a, he's also a producer on the movie. So like he has a like, certain amount of responsibility as well as ma- making sure that like that set is safe, making sure there's no corners that are being cut. Um, yep. And I get it. It was a low budget. It's a low budget movie. And like usually on low budget movies, it's got talked about a lot when the story first happened that like, a lot of corners get cut and there's certain things that like certain people are working on it. They don't feel safe doing certain things or like, they're like, Hey, like this is definitely how we shouldn't be doing this. Like we need more time or like, you know, why is this stuff being handled better? I get that. But like, I kind of think he didn't do himself any favors by overly backpedaling to get his way kind of out of it. Um, Yeah. Not in terms of uh, not doing himself any favors in terms of, you know, uh, the court of public opinion like he's not right but like all that aside that shouldn't really matter in terms of the actual objective incident and what went down right like i can't get over the fact that there was just actual bullets uh, anywhere even on the set like that's just not a, a standard practice there's really yeah. no reason excuse why that should have been had even any projectile inside the gun and i don't really i agree with people that are saying that alec baldwin shouldn't have had any any shred of reason to suspect anything was going to come out of that gun. Right. Um, so like, that's kind of hard to argue with. Like he really, I, I can't imagine he, you know, he must've been obviously quite surprised that no one was expecting that to happen. But then again, right. there's also, you you hear actors saying that when they're on action movie sets that are handling prop guns, they always check it even after it being handed to them, like the prop right. from the armor or the prop master. And the fact that, you know, that wasn't, uh, didn't go through that final, check uh ended up costing someone their life so it's hard to argue that either so this is this is why i'm split i don't really know i would yeah, be happy I mean, to see he gets charged like i don't want that for him but i mean someone's gonna I don't be really accountable i feel like in my head that it's more the armor's responsibility to have made sure yeah. that was um i see that but i think what it's going to come down to and this is what the da is arguing is whether or not he pulled the trigger so like if you're if you're holding even if it's like a, if you're holding a gun I mean, even though they're they're testing a shot, I get it. They're like trying to set up a shot and see like how it looks on camera, like all that stuff. But like, you know, 
not supposed to really like fire it. And he was saying that, you know, and according to him, he was like, I would never fire a gun at someone, even if it was to like test out the shot. Right. Um, the way he described how it went off didn't really make a lot of sense to me. It still doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and I, and it doesn't make uh, sense to the DA who was like, I, that gun cannot go off unless someone pulls the trigger. And I think that is what it's going to come down to for him. Like, yeah, if he can, if his lawyers can prove that, like he didn't, or if they have more proof in the fact that like, no, there's no way that could have happened unless he did. That's what it's all going to come down to. Yeah, him. I agree. Um, it's a, it's a pretty shitty, tragic thing though. I mean, like we've had to deal, I mean, there's no good outcome. Yeah. I mean, like in set shoot, I mean like the most notorious one is from like the crow back in the early nineties, like Brandon Lee, uh, yeah. that's how he died on set. And like, you know, and that was another example of corners being cut and someone not checking things the way they were supposed to check them. Um, shouldn't be like that now. And like that, I mean, but that's, that was the most surprising thing about the whole thing. It's just like, wow. Like even today when like, you know how safe set should be, especially when you're dealing with guns. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a it's a shitty situation. Um, they're it, still doing the movie is. too. The movie yeah. is still well, in they, production. They should. Um, uh, I think they should. A lot of people have like gotten on the fact that the husband is an executive producer on it, but like it comes down to like the money he gets, whatever money the movie makes. It's not gonna make a lot of money, but like whatever money it makes, he's donating it to his kids college fund so like i mean he wants something good to come out of it of it's course not like, it's not like why, why are you working on that movie where you know your wife is killed like no you have to make yeah. something good something good out of it um, yeah and i look at it too as um this is elena hutchinson's last uh piece of art that she's working on and like i'm sure I, I obviously can't speak for her but i'd imagine as an artist putting your heart and soul and your time and your effort into a project that you would want to see it come to its completion and shouldn't have all that hard work discounted because of what yeah. happened like there's still a you know a, a film to be made and it's just by no means the first movie to have had someone die on set and it be completed so i don't necessarily like anyone arguing that it shouldn't be made i i, I think there's a lot of flaws in that argument not one i really right. prescribe to but i get why it would be a complicated controversial matter though for sure i guess so too um so we have a couple of things to wrap things up here. I just want to point out, like, I know people want us to cover box office and we will in more detail on our next episode, but I do want to mention just because I, there's a lot of questions about whether Avatar could make it to $2 billion uh, at the worldwide box office. Right. <sighs> Don't bet against James Cameron. It, it has made it to $2 billion at uh, the global box office and crazy. Um, I, it, you know what we've said it before. It's good. It's good for the overall like marketplace to have it, you know, be successful. Uh, yep. And you know, I there are a lot of us eating crow right now who said it wouldn't make <laughs> it to two billion dollars. Um, yeah, I mean, good for him. I I I, I don't want to be a hater. I don't want to be a hater at all. Um, <laughs> it's 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 good for the it's good for business, and it's yeah. you know, I'll I just, say. I, yeah, we're just gonna get I, so many more of these movies. <laughs> we are, I know, and it's like, I know, I'm conflicted. I wish more people had gone to see Babylon because, like, Avatars just made an obscenely amount of money. I would have liked to have seen Babylon do a little bit better, but you know, it yeah. is what it is. I still haven't seen either, so I can't, I can't say anything. Agreed. Um, and, yeah. yeah, and then, uh, and then, like, when we cover box office in the next episode, I'll we'll like cover like the top five to kind of 
see what kind of came out that week and what did well. I will mention sure. Megan though, because Megan is still going strong. Twelve million dollar. Yeah, what are we at for Megan now? What's its total? Seventy three point one million domestically. Uh, uh, and uh, and of course they announced they're making a sequel in twenty twenty five. Yeah. So we're gonna get more uh, scary doll dancing and uh, mm. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't know that Allison Williams, the the star, she is also a producer on the movie, so she gets a little kickback from oh. how uh, well it's doing and uh she her. was exactly yeah executive producer on the first one they're making her producer on the sequel so she's gonna get a nice little probably pay bump uh yeah for the sequel so that's that's pretty good uh good for you that's wicked uh, yeah uh i mean that they <laughs> avatar and megan are keeping the box office oh and puss and boots the last wish are keeping the january oh, box yeah. office like a, a float right now um right. until we get i think the biggest release we have coming up uh february 3rd i think it's uh the knock of the cabin and the m night Shyamalan movie oh yes um, be interested to see that one so, so that one should uh do well at the box office um so we're gonna end it i'm gonna uh with we have a, the first uh full trailer for stream six we got a teaser trailer uh right last last month which was like a really good teaser trailer it was just like you know them on the subway and it's i right. think it's halloween i think it's halloween because everyone's dressed up there's multiple ghost faces on the, on the subway. Uh, it was a good, solid little like teaser. Uh, I like the teaser. I'll put it that yeah. way. The full trailer, um, I actually really liked, and I'm intrigued because it seems like it's darker, not as right. like j- jokey as like the other ones have been. I feel like right. they're trying to raise the stakes a bit more by like. Uh, I mean, I think also when you have like the confidence of ha- you're coming off of a hit like you kind of go into the next one like a bit more like you know a little bit more brave to like try new things and it seems like they're trying a lot i mean there's a lot of fan theories already online about what certain things mean there's like there's this whole like ghost face shrine in in the trailer it's like a shot and everyone yeah. has their idea like oh it must be a cult or like oh it must be like Everyone the thinks Stu, Ghostface. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Everyone thinks that like Stu is back. And in case you don't know who Stu yeah. is, he was in the first movie. He died. Um, but everyone has been trying to bring him back since like Scream Two. Like <laughs> they were I, like, I, yeah, a TV fell in his Somebody face. Was, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How yeah, that's back. what I was gonna say. It's like, yeah, it looks like he conclusively dies in the first one. But I, I've heard people saying yeah. that you don't necessarily get a concrete answer on to what his fate is i'd have to rewatch yeah. the first one to really make up my mind but yeah. interesting the part of the cult or the the shrine of Ghostface that i wanted to point out is like uh and i didn't make this connection at first but there are nine Ghostface uh like mannequins if you will on this stage somewhere yeah. and uh which is i guess um will tie into the the nine people who have donned the Ghostface costume Ghostface. over the span of the five movies which is cool that's going to definitely have something to do with it I, i'm guessing yeah that's a cool that's little a- nod I'll, I'll say and then, like, also, uh, also in that shrine of ghost faces, there's also uh, other mannequins that have like outfits on from some of the other characters. Like, there you can see like uh, Rose McGowan's, like Tatum's, like green oh, shirt okay. and orange skirt, and like uh, one shot. I think that I think Steve's outfits there as well. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that people have been like really looking at <laughs> to kind of see if they can figure out like what's going on. Um, right. They show they showed more of uh, Hayden Pantier in this uh, trailer. Uh, Kirby? She a, Kirby, she was a fan favorite yeah. from Scream Four. Uh, yeah, everyone's happy that they brought her back. Um, I, it's not looking too good for Courtney Cox, though. I mean, like the, from what I saw no. in the trailer, it looks like they might kill her. And like, I, I mean, I'm just speculating, but it doesn't look. 
Like I would hundred percent say that's where her character is heading. Like she's the last uh, legacy character. I mean, I, I guess there's options for Neve Campbell to come back and and, and yeah. sequels down the road. She's her character still alive. But yeah. yeah, the only returning legacy character in this movie, um, not looking good, we'll say by horror movie rules. So no, not at I think all. You're right. And, I think you're onto something. And Courtney Cox has an executive producer credit this time, so it's like maybe it's like this one final like, oh. <laughs> like before before she goes. Um, right. It's gonna piss a lot of people off if they kill her, though. I mean, there are people that like. It's true of like every horror franchise, but like the Scream franchise, like people love those characters. Like, I mean. Whenever right. we covered anything with like with Nev Campbell, like like her doing it or not doing it, it was like usually the biggest story on our site because like it was just like people oh, yeah? were just like people were just wow. interested, like they're like devoted fans and like really liked the character and like you know a lot of people wish that Paramount would have paid her what she felt that she was worth to come back. They might right. fix that if they make another one. I hope they do fix it if they want to make another one. Um, but yeah, to kill off the last little, I mean, I can It doesn't look good. I mean, I know it's just a trailer, no. and there's a lot of quick cuts. Um, but I, it, I think she might die. And yeah, if I were betting man, which I am, yeah. I will. I would say that she doesn't um, stand a good chance. I was also surprised, given her popularity and the success of Wednesday, they didn't really show a ton of Jenna Ortega in the trailer. Like she's in it, no, but they didn't. They didn't, they didn't put it. They didn't put an emphasis on her which also mm. has led people to believe like there might be more going on with her this time around than like, uh, you know, her introduction. Um, right. I, I've seen some, like she might be the killer theories. I've seen like a lot of mm. different things. Uh, but I yeah, I'm surprised. don't take it that way. I hope not too. And I, but I'm surprised they didn't use her more given the fact that she's blown up like a lot uh, since the first screen that she was in. Um, yeah, I'd say that she's definitely uh, positioned to carry that franchise forward. She's definitely a favorite character from that uh, the, from uh, Scream Five. She's an up and coming actress, uh, especially proving her way in the horror movie genre. So I I'd be surprised if they don't you know fertilize her in the movie. But you know maybe they're just hiding some stuff from us in the trailer they don't want us to see, which uh, support. As yeah. we were saying recently, trailers usually, if anything, give give us too much rather. Right. So and this one, and this was change. like a pretty like this was a decently like long trailer by trailer standards, but I feel like it didn't really give away a ton of stuff. It was just like I mean, I, I guess it did enough to make people go like, I wonder what this is, I wonder what that is. Like, people are already like theorizing yep. like what all oh, this could really mean. Watch everyone be wrong, but <laughs> um, like you know, that kind of <laughs> happens sometimes. I hope uh, I hope we're wrong. Yeah, but like for everyone interested, Scream Six uh, is out on March tenth. God, so I feel, God, I feel like when they announced this stuff to now, it came so fast. Like it's crazy. Like Scream Five came out. I kind of forgot was this year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Scream <laughs> Five came out in January of last year. Like that's, that's crazy. crazy. The turnaround. On you this don't is see so that crazy. these days. No. Oh yeah, they, they're, they're like we got to strike while the iron's hot, dude. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. see that. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, everything, right? Like, I mean, I know we're like got the, it all. The, the, yeah, there was the BAFTA stuff, but like that's pretty much like um, it's the British Academy Awards. If you guys really want to look up the nominations, they're similar to that of the Oscars right mm -hmm. now, with a few exceptions. Um, but we'll I'll link uh, all the links for like the Oscar nominations, the BAFTA nominations, so you guys can take a look at it for sure. Uh, and then um, uh, I'll also uh, link up the uh, Scream Six trailer in case you guys haven't seen that as well. So you guys can take Good a idea. And we will uh, cover some box office next week a little bit more extensively too. Hopefully this week will give us lots of news to chat about. Yep. 
uh hopefully i mean i and i think like you know the award season thing kind of calms down a little bit because like we got the oscar yeah. nominations out now it's just like a wait and see until march 12th um, yeah but yeah we have a uh, we have some exciting things that we're trying to plan for you guys that's not that's not just news um uh let me and uh jackson are going to talk about off the line here very soon i just want to tease it just be like well what are they going to do yeah exactly. <laughs> It'll, it's a the beginning of the year is a slow time for releases and whatnot and generally in news so we'll definitely have a lot of uh some experimental and creative stuff that we'll throw in here to, to chat about which i'm excited to get to yeah yeah definitely and as always you can listen to us across all of our various podcast platforms Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, wherever you get your podcasts fixed. Uh, also, if you have the time, rate, review, let us know what you're thinking of the show so far. Um, all yeah, that kind like of feedback, feed guys. All, all that feedback is good, even if it's something negative. I want to hear it, so like we maybe we can fix it. Uh, I hope it's mostly good. I hope it's all good. But like, if there's anything that you think we should do, we'll take ideas, it. If you got it. Yeah. Any ideas for future episodes? Like, uh, you know. Anything that you think that we should do, um, we would love to do it. I know uh, down the line, because I feel like Jackson's kind of got his footing already in all this, we will eventually be having like guests on to kind of join us in conversations too. Absolutely. Which will be fun. Which will be really fun. Um, and maybe that'll be one of you guys listening. So like, yeah, if you're ever interested in popping on, uh, we'll throw some topics your way and uh, see if we can get you on as well. Uh, so I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yes pleasure talking movies with you guys thank you for listening we'll see you next week see you guys next week thank you and peace